Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of All to Know Better. We're joined tonight by um, LUFC Trust uh, Vice Chairman, Graham. Is that right, Vice Chairman? Have I got that right, Graham? That's right, yeah, yeah. Graham Hyde and OKB regular Matt. How are we doing, gents? Good, good. Yeah, good, not good. so bad. Good. Not so bad. That's what we, that's what we like to hear. Have, have you got over your hangover from the weekend yet, Matt? Yeah, well, I've got a beer here, just helping me just just ease it out through the week. I think it takes it takes <laughs> yeah. a, a, it takes longer every time these days. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. And Graham's saying he's uh, he's he's in the same room where he's been all day working. So the last thing he needed was to be talking to two people that look pretty much the same. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we are we are what we are. So like um, like twins, like twins. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm Danny DeVito and he's Zani. <laughs> You're um, guns. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I won't go that far. Um, thanks ever so much, Graham, to, for, for for agreeing to join oh. us. Um, this uh, this this episode, I suppose, stemmed from a, a, a brief encounter between. To myself and uh, is he? I forgot the young man's name who runs the Twitter account. We were talking um, about. I think it was the the Chelsea had announced that they were going to get a um, a fan representative in the in the boardroom uh, moving forward. Yeah. So, we'll, but we'll come on to that a, a little bit later. Um, I suppose first things first. Then, Graham, who are you? Why did you get into this role? And 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 how did it all how did it all happen? Well, first up, I'm gutted. I haven't got a ticket for West Brom, so I'll get Ow. that out of the way first of all. Um, <laughs> um, I'm basically um, I'm a Leeds United fan, like all of us. Um, with regards to the trust, um, for me, it's just a case of the trust has been for many, many years. Um, I think really important in kind of representing fans in a really independent way, and particularly given some of the owners we've had, it's been absolutely necessary that we've had a strong trust that's been able to protest, push against you know poor owners and things like that. Now we don't have that now. We've got reasonably good owners, but there's still a need for it, and I will talk about that a bit later on. But I got involved simply because the trust needed 
volunteers who were willing to put some time, some energy in, who cared enough about like Leeds fans to want to make a difference. And so, you know, about gosh, about three years ago, I got involved first up on the board. Um, my first action on the board, uh, I was working away on um, in Madrid, and my first action was Badgegate. So <laughs> within a week of joining the board, Badgegate was my first thing, and it just was absolutely nuts. And I've kind of, everything's been sort of downhill since there, so it's been easy. <laughs> He's doing gently then, didn't they, with yeah, Badgegate? Yeah. Because fucking, what, what an absolute arse ache that was, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, did the club actually? While we're on that, and while you mentioned that, did the club actually think it was a good idea, or was it a big, big PR type thing? Um, well, look, all, all, all I know is that you know, kind of the day before, uh, the club held um, a sports advisory board meeting, so the, the SAB and reps from various groups, including one rep from us, went into this meeting at around about half six down at Ellen Road. Um, and we're told, right, no phones, you can't record anything, what have you. And they were shown the badge. Right. And our rep basically said, wow, that's a bit basic. Uh, it, looks like, <laughs> it, it looks like an MLS badge. And they were going, yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? It looks like an MLS badge. And he said, that wasn't a good compliment. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, yeah, the club obviously believed it. Uh, Andrea was a big, passionate sort of fan of it. He thought it was where he wanted to go. He thought it was brilliant. And I suppose like a lot of these things is that kind of when the marketing spiels behind it and it's sold in a certain way and, you know, you're mm. told why this got that colour, why it does it in that way, what it means, all of that it's quite easy to get on a bit of a kind of um, a snowball and, and, and believe that it's a good thing. I mean, we're quite pleased that we challenged it, you know, at the time, but ultimately by that point at six 30 the night before they weren't suddenly pulling it and changing it. So, you know, kind of, I, I remember, um, you know, the person who'd gone in for us, we were saying, what's he look like? What's he look like? And he drew this hand drawn, like kind of, pencil drawing and sort of put it in our whatsapp group and we're looking at <laughs> it and going you are taking the piss <laughs> came out the next day absolutely bang on it was a perfect art, art a perfect drawing i can't believe it I, I just don't know what they were thinking like i i can get i can see when i never actually made the uh the similarity that with with the mls but looking at it now it is pretty much an mls yeah. new brand new club you know it's a type of badge a brand new club would have uh there was no history there anyway a uh, lot of bollocks pretty much uh and anyway we, 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 we that one got washed out pretty quickly uh thankfully um so yeah we spoke obviously briefly i mentioned it um about the chelsea um with the elected fan being invited into board meetings i know we going we we've we've had a couple of uh, of texts back and forward um and i understand you have regular meetings with with angus as it stands um where do you stand on 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 potentially having an elected person in in on boardrooms and 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 if you could tell us a little bit more about those meetings with with angus what sort of things go on so in terms of look, there are there are multiple layers at which, you know, kind of fans are able to connect with with the club as it currently stands. Um, and let's be honest, the current ownership are, are pretty good and the current management team are pretty good. You know, Angus is pretty available. If you contact him, you know, you can meet with him or, you know, he'll respond to emails from pretty much any fan that does that on our side. 
we kind of almost we get a little bit two bites to the cherry one we're really proactive so we set up sort of conversations with angus where we go with agendas of things that our members want to to raise want to discuss things that are hot topics and we have those kind of as one-on-ones uh either face-to-face or basically in the in recent times it's all been kind of via sort of zoom or whatsapp calls or what have you there's also then the supporters advisory board so the sab that i talked about earlier where there's a load of different fan groups um and, and representative individuals who go there and you know the club sort of share pretty much what they're thinking at that given time um for me they they represent you know good access and and actually it's positive that the club do that but there's a world of difference between that and a board representative it's a, it's a real challenge because if you listen to the club, they will always turn around and say, well, we can't have fans on there because the minute say you have like, so, you know, me, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm an elected board member of the trust. Um, I'm elected of, as vice chair by the board in effect. Um, and it's the vice chair and the chair that generally have the meetings with Angus um, in that sense. So let's say I'm on the board as a representative of, of the trust. Now the club would say, well, the simple fact is, pretty much everything we discuss at that meeting is commercially sensitive. So because it's commercially sensitive, we can't go back to our members and say, what do you think about this? Because it might be about transfers. And this is the the, the angle that the club will always share is that, you know, well, you know, if you knew about a transfer in advance, it could scupper it, you know, all of that. Well, the fact is you'd end up with an individual who's on the board, who's kind of isolated is the way that the club see it, is that they're on the board and they can add their thoughts and offer their thoughts, but they're representing themselves rather than the fans because they can't go back to the fans to ask them. And there's then that kind of challenge of, well, you know, you're so tightly wrapped up in non-disclosure agreements that you kind of know this stuff, but you're not allowed to say anything. There's a touch of that I absolutely see. And sort of operating at board level myself, I I know all of that and I see all of that. The other alternative is that you have sort of something that is a bit more like, and, and I hate to bring politics into this, but if you think about your MP, your MP basically is voted by the electorate, gets picked, and they don't go and have to come back every time there's a decision to, to be made and say, right, what do you think, you know, kind of yeah. people of, of, of Leeds or what have you? You know, they, they basically are able to say, right, I'm empowered now to make the calls to do the right things in that way. So I think if it was done more that way, where you've genuinely got fans who are elected and given the free reign to go, right, OK, go and represent. But the challenge always comes, you know, kind of successive owners over the last 20 years have tried their best to separate and divide the fan base as best they can because it served them. So you've got lots of different groups who serve different purposes. And that's not necessarily just talking about like your what we might call sort of specific interest groups. So marching out together with the LGBT stuff or, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, um, you know, kind of Ludo who look after, you know, disabled uh, access and disabled sort of challenges, um, all of that. <clears throat> but you've then got sort of the supporters club. You've got independent supporters club, like, you know, kind of um, sort of South Leeds independent. You've got people like ourselves who are 100% independent um, from the club. We're not interested in tickets, um, you know, in terms of securing tickets or travel or anything like that. That's not what we're there for. Um, and then you've got sort of other people on the SAB at the moment who are representative of other kind of travelling groups. Um, you know, so it's a real tough challenge to know, A, who speaks for the fan base, because 
one thing the trusts never say we do is speak for the fan base. We speak for our members and we'll try to represent fans if we're in that position to do so. But we're not able to turn around and say that of the millions of Leeds fans out there, that we're the only voice. That's just not, you know, that, that, that'd be misrepresenting what we do. But yeah. that's the challenge when you're talking about putting somebody on the board. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can, I can, I can fully understand. So I, I, I suppose I'm trying to understand where and how Chelsea are approaching this because you quite what you quite rightly say. If there's somebody on that board, there's going to be you know disclosure agreements and whatever else. They're not going to be able to say what 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 they've what they've heard, but they're also not going to ask for advice on on the feedback that they're that they're hoping to get from the questions that their, their their group or trust or whatever will be going in with. So it's almost a bit of a like you say, it's, it's isolated. So um so yeah I think I think probably you are quite right in that you're gonna have, you know, it sounds like you've got an open um an open relationship with 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 Angus and various others at the club. Um so so would you say you're quite happy to keep it that way as as the trust? It's, it's a tough one because ultimately board representation, whilst it comes with challenges, we would uh-huh. say that genuine fan representation on the board means that there is a voice that will um, at least be able to turn around and say, hang on, have you thought of the outcome of that in terms of fans? What's the impact mm-hmm. on fans on that? You know, and, and sometimes it might lead to them being quite isolated on the board because they're the only voice who's not thinking perhaps in purely commercial terms. What I would yeah. say about you know, kind of Chelsea and since that Tottenham have thrown the same bone out to, mm-hmm. to fans is look who's got a PR disaster they're trying to manage. Yeah. yeah. It's not Leeds United. It's, it's Chelsea and Tottenham. And it wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal look and say, look, you know, here's a bit of sort of a distraction. But interestingly, Tottenham Hotspur supporters trust, who are one of the, you know, kind of quite active and, Personally, we've got a lot of respect for them as a trust in the trust movement within the uh, the Football Sports Association. Um, they have basically come out and said, in all honesty, what you're doing here is a distraction. We welcome board representation, but this isn't about actually genuinely putting proper board representation using those people who've been active in sort of dialogue with the club for a period of time. It's just trying to throw a PR bone out and hoping, you know, you get people that you can control and therefore there won't actually be any challenge or value to that person sitting. I think just just as a, a bit of an addition to that as well is the fact that if, if it um, is marketed that that individual is part of the board and therefore uh, are the voice of the fans, but they are so wrapped up in uh, non-disclosures and, and, and other agreements that means that they can't share the information. They're just going to get a lot of the ire from the fan base if things are done that the fans don't like and take a lot of the heat off the people that are actually making the decisions and not taking any notice of those fans. It's it's a great shout, is that, to be fair, Gillian. And I think I think that's it, is ultimately they become the messenger who's going to get shot at. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen before where there's been individuals on the board and, you know, bless him, obviously, he's passed away now, Peter Lorimer. But when he was on the board, he was quite a divisive figure because he was caught in that position of of constantly trying to justify what had been agreed by the board, you know, and whether he believed it or he didn't, I'm not getting into that. You know, um, a legend as a player, but he found himself in a real, real tough 
position as a director. And I think, you know, I, I'm not going to suggest for one second I'm a legend as a fan, but there are some genuine legends as fans out there. And if they were the ones who were to find themselves in that position, I think they'd find themselves with that kind of same challenge. Fair point, yeah, fair point. I mean, it, like you say, it, it, it does bring its difficulties naturally, um, but it's obviously got its got its benefits as well, I think. Um, so I think is that is that something that's that's happening at the trust end discussing whether or not that's something that's an approach you'd like to take moving forward. Well, I think probably in terms of the, the first things is ultimately we need to we need to maintain and grow the dialogue that we have with the club. Um, one of the things that we're quite keen on is that, that the SAB continues, that the supporters advisory board continues, but it has a bit more structure, a bit more, um, you know, kind of for, formal purpose. And, it, and it's a little bit more, you know, instead of it's a supporters advisory board. Now, I'd like it that basically it's the supporters that are advising the club and not the club advising the supporters. And at the moment, that's a little bit where it is. So, you know, something like a SAB, we'd like that to be beefed up, to be more robust, because, as I said, we don't claim to represent everybody. But what we can do is help make sure that the dialogues that are happening are, are, are worthwhile and are genuinely sort of helping and protecting fans and their rights within the process. You know, ultimately, long term, we want to put things like a memorandum of understanding in place. So a memorandum of understanding is basically where there's almost like an agreement with the club that if they're going to do anything major, they have to consult first. Got you. Got so, you. Go on, sorry, come to you. Go on, you're all right. Yeah, so I was going to say the, the, the closest thing we've got is about four years ago, when Rads came in, one of the things that the trust did at that stage was basically say, look, your new owner, we're always concerned that somebody's suddenly at some point going to sell Ellen Road, going to try and move us away, build a, a, a you know, a big sort of superdome, um, you know, on the, the, the edge of like, you know, skeleton swamps or what have you, um, <laughs> you know, like Ridsdale tried to do. And then basically, you know, kind of that's it. Ellen Road's gone. Our history, our legacy's gone. So we put in place a, a, an asset of community value. And the club was supportive of that. But what that means is if they want to sell Ellen Road, we've got six months to raise the cash to buy it. Right, right. You know, so, but that sort of thing, but we want that on a more formal basis across other things as well. Other clubs have got them in place, um, you know, and as I said, we certainly would welcome trying to push that idea of a, a memorandum of, of, of understanding with the club. Great. Great, really interesting, really interesting stuff. And just just out of interest, Graham, how, do you? Know, I mean, you, I don't need it to the exact figure, but how many? How many? How strong are you? How many? How many members does the, does the trust currently have? So, uh, currently, in terms of membership, we're around about the sort of seventeen hundred. Um, and it, it's kind of it's interesting. Look, you can take somebody like Newcastle United's trust, and they've got yeah. I think they've got ten thousand, but like they've got an owner that they hate. Yeah. 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 The challenge for a trust, I tell you what, you know, kind of we, when we went through sort of baits, etc., there was always a, a positive response in terms of the trust. You know, yeah. when you go through sort of Chilino, GFH, it grows. We're actually at, at now, uh, you know, a, a really strong position considering the fact that ultimately, you know, we have not got owners that everybody hates. There's not mass riots and protests happening, yeah. you know. So, we're in a position of, you know, of, of good numbers and it's growing. So to give you sort of, you know, an idea, a situation like the European Super League, there's a big influx, mm, you know. Yeah, no, it makes, so, makes, makes complete sense, doesn't it? You know, a club, the club is, I, I've had a number of conversations with this online. The club's probably in the best position in terms of the way it's been run for 
I, I mean, I'm probably going to go out on a limit and almost say ever. Um, and well, I'd, I'd, I'd say Leslie, I'd say under Leslie Silver, it was pretty good. He was such a lovely fella, um, you know. But I think financially, they didn't necessarily have the money where the money is now there. So, you know, it's a different kettle of fish. But I absolutely get what you're saying. It's a good place, you know. They're running it well. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with that. To be fair, um, that moves on. Then why do, why do we, why do we have a bit more of a chat about what, what the trust does uh, and things that you've done recently? Um, more notably, the most recent thing I suppose is, uh, is the say no to Super League campaign um, and the, uh, the little bird in the sky and, and whatnot. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What 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 does the trust do? I mean, it's all you know. For somebody who doesn't know, I mean, I've obviously done research. I've heard of the trust, but for um, a 16, 18, 19, 21 year old, that's that's relatively new. Doesn't really know much about the trust. What sort of things have you been up to recently? So goes back a little bit to what we've just been talking about. The idea is, look, we've got reasonably good owners. Now, they occasionally make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. And when they make mistakes, we need to be there and in a strong position to turn around and say, really, you shouldn't do that or, you know, to, to push against it. And that can be the club, but it can also be bigger things like the European Super League. But as a trust, we have to be able to be active on a wider scope than just protesting against owners or looking for crises. So we do a range of other bits and pieces. So we've kind of got five main things that we work on as a basic, as a trust. The first one is it's about fan engagement. So it's about bringing fans together. You know, we've got our motto, which is together we're stronger. And that's about Leeds fans, about bringing everybody in as Leeds fans and saying whether, whether you're a trust member or not, you know, ultimately as a fan base, if we want to push against things going wrong, we will always be better if we're together. So it's about engaging other fan groups, working with them as I've sort of the ones I've mentioned, you know, already. Another one we, we work really closely with um, is Luskos, who are the Scandinavian guys. Um, you know, so, th- you know, their, their, their dedication is just mind blowing at times, you know, that are coming over yeah. from from, you know, kind of Scandinavia on regular regular for regular games. So we've got we've got them. We've got everybody else. So we've got fan engagement and looking after sort of fan challenges. And if mm-hmm. our members have got problems, we take them to the club. We do all of that. We've got yeah. club engagement. So it's about holding the club to account. It's having these meetings where we sort of we challenge the club and say, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about this? And then we'll share that information out to our members and the wider people, you know, kind of as we go. One of the biggest strands that we do at the moment is what we sort of call basically our community and future trust. So future trust is for the next generation. So it's stuff for kids. The last 12 months have pretty much sort of stopped that in its tracks. We had arranged basically for there to be a uh, a junior trust board who were going to meet at Ellen Road with an exec of L- uh, from the club. And, you know, these young people were going to get to actually act like a board, ask questions, raise issues, discuss it with the club in that way. That'll come back. That's on the agenda still. You know, once we can get through all of this sort of pandemic nonsense. Um, so things like that for the kids, as well as, you know, sort of other bits and pieces working uh, with, you know, with local sort of uh, schools and things like that, that we do in that sense. And we've got a, a particular sort of president for that. We've got two presidents of the trust. But um, Ben Shires uh, off uh, Junior Match of the Day Kickabout and, um, you know, various sort of BBC, CBBC bits and pieces is our junior president. So he looks after that side um, and he's the, the kind of the, the figurehead for that. So as well as the, the future trust stuff, we've also got the community. Now, this is where we do a lot. 
Um, and a lot of it probably goes unseen. Some of it gets seen, some of it doesn't. So each year we have a charity partner. Now, this year we've actually chosen for the first time to follow on with the charity partner again. And we've, we're with Andy's Man Club. So our brief with Andy's Man Club when we work with them is to help raise their profile, to support them, to do uh, things with them uh, and, and help basically just continue to, to push that message that it's OK to not be OK and it's OK to talk. You know, and and talking in that way um, is a positive. So we've we've had um, you know online quizzes with Jermaine Beckford and Ralph Ineson um, and Martin Highwood, who's another of our um, kind of honorary members. Uh, we we did that sort of in February. Um, we also basically are doing a range of bits and pieces this year um, to commemorate the 10th anniversary of the passing of Gary Speed. Now, obviously, when we're talking about mental health and it feels kind of apt because it's 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 Mental Health Awareness Week yeah, really? that we should, we should be talking about that. But obviously, you know, the loss of Gary 10 years ago, we've made huge strides in the understanding of mental health and in kind of the removal. You know, on your last pod, you were talking about stigma and, you know, the removal of those stigmas from mental health and that it's OK to not be OK all the time, you know, and be able to share that with other people. So we're, we're going to be doing lots of different events throughout this year uh, up to November that basically celebrate Gary. Um, but celebrate the fact that actually mental health is important and that we take care of that ourselves and help us and those around us. And Andy's Man Club are a superb charity for doing that. Uh, yeah, if there's any way that, uh, just on that before you do move on, sorry, Graham, if there's anything in any way that any, any the pod can get involved with, uh, I'm sure there's, there'd, be, there'd be a number of volunteers, um, all real strong advocates for mental health, all got our own stories uh, mm -hmm. and things as well. So, yeah, we'd absolutely put our hands up to help out with anything like that. 100%, definitely. Re Really appreciate it, lads. Um, and look, this is it. You say we've all got our own stories. We've all got our own stories. There's no question about that. You know, uh, that you know, find a find a male between the ages of eighteen and probably a bit younger now, uh, and and forty five, and sort of say to them, you know, and I'm older than that, so you know, beyond, and say, have you never had a mental health challenge? And there'll be very few that are actually, if they're honest with themselves, are able to turn around and say they've never they've never been there themselves or they've not actually been close to somebody who's been there. So yeah. it really touches everybody. Yeah. And while Andy's Man Club talks about, you know, men's mental health, you know, do you know what? It makes massive differences to the partners of those guys that go to those, you know, go to the, the clubs on a, on a Monday night. So, mm -hmm. you know, we want to help bring that discussion across the board, not just simply to, you know, to, to you know, to, to men and, you know, who can use man, Andy's Man Club in that regard. So on that, um, one of the things that we did as the first piece for us to start the the, the sort of commemorations for um, Andy's man uh, for Gary Speed was the mural. Yeah. So um, no doubt any Leeds fan probably worth their salt has uh, seen this, uh, you know, the, the latest mural, the Gary Speed. Um, and, that once again was done in conjunction with, um, you know, Ross Horseman at, at, um, at Show Off Designs, who's building it is. He came to us with the idea and saying, want to do this. You know, will you help us with it? You've got experience of doing that. We supported that along with creative, um, you know, uh, genius posh fruit, uh, who basically did the, the painting, etc. But it's got it's, it's got an Andy's Man club logo on it um last week when we had um roger and carol speed up to to see it we talked to them about it and you know they were they they you know they were very open they said we just wish that you know 
Gary had been able to talk to somebody, you know, yeah. because it could have made such a difference. Yeah, you absolutely. Know. So um, just just on on the mural pieces, is it right that it was done in a single day? Yeah, crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Um, I mean, that's amazing. I I was just going to try and share a picture while you're talking. Sorry, can't go go on. I'm just trying. Yeah, to share no, a picture no problem. Quickly, while you carry but, on. Yeah, so kind of, I, I, I kind of went and did, did a few sort of bits of filming and just sort of getting some pictures and stuff on the day. So I was there sort of pretty much when um, when Claire, the artist, basically was was there sort of first up um, in, in the morning. And it was then basically kind of, you know, going back, right, are we going to need to, are we gonna, am I going to need to come back tomorrow to do stuff to get bits of filming at different points? And in the end, it was like a case of now it's going to be done. So, you know, it was a case of, right, get back over, because I live in Pontefract and that's in Bramley. So scoot back down the M62 to get some sort of final shots. And it was just brilliantly put together. I mean, you know, really, really impressively done. Done in a day. I mean, a long day. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and it, <laughs> it, it was cold. I mean, her hands must have been absolutely in bits. But, you know, um, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal piece of work. And when we saw that Brilliant. picture then, was that you in the middle next to Bryn? Uh, I, yeah, I was in the picture. Yeah, yeah. um, yeah. so yeah, we, back up, pop it back on. There you are. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's in, that's that's in the me in me with the uh, yeah, kind of with the the, the ridiculous pose, uh, with the hands <laughs> in the pockets. I got, I, I, I did, I looked a lot more casual. I, I think I had my hands <laughs> behind my back, and I got told by the photographer. Uh, basically, well, you can't have the same look as the next person to you. So I, I don't know. <laughs> and I got caught in one of those embarrassing photo moments. You just don't know what to do with your hands. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Listen, um, Graham, we've had a, a a message come through 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 somebody who's watching YouTube pipes. Uh, I don't know if you know if that mean, means much to you, but um, effectively, they just want to thank you for all the work you, with the food banks and club murals around the city, uh, and mental health also really important given the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, what what, what else can you say? I mean, you've covered everything there, but 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 yeah. Yeah, the the only thing I'd say is you know don't thank me, thank the trust because the the trust the trust as it is it is. I mean we talked about the membership, but it's it the board for the trust is about twelve of us, um, all entirely volunteers. Nobody gets paid a penny, nobody gets anything. We all give up of our time. So you've got people like um, Claire um, who basically looks after the murals project and sorts out loads of things like that. You've got you've got a range of people. So you've got people who you know our youngest board member is a nineteen year old journo student who writes our weekly column uh, for the the YEP through to our membership manager who is. Um, well, look, she's retired. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, you, you know, you, that, that's the only fair way of me describing it. But but Jill looks after kind of, you know, a lot of our membership stuff. We're right away through the board in terms of, you know, sexes, ages, experience. There's lads who go home and away. There's some that are members. So we are trying to be, even at the board level, apart from the fact we're just volunteers giving our time and doing this for nothing. You know, it, it's a massive collective effort. And and it's about basically doing something for other fans and for the community, Brilliant. you know. So, I mean, it's interesting. Food banks were mentioned there. Um, you know, I'd love to be in a world where we don't need food banks. Um, mm. But Le Leeds fans have been amazing. And, and, you know, kind of I could very quickly look it up. But I think basically as a very quick sort of process, um, last time I checked, we were uh, we'd raised in total in about sort of just under two years, uh, 103,474 quid for Leeds food banks. Bloody hell. Wow. That's fantastic, isn't it? That's amazing. So, 
so that's that's you know that that's nigh on kind of um you know eight eighty eighty thousand meals or something like that that have been provided. Brilliant. Brilliant. And that's Great. Leeds fans, that's all Leeds fans. Yeah. Mental, mental. Um so that's on obviously the things that you've been doing and everything. Um the the current situation in terms of, of, of the, I know we didn't go into it too much, but um and I don't really want to actually because the, them six clubs aren't super at all. Fuck them. Um so uh so yeah. Uh, what about the pipeline then? What's the future look like for Lust and what 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 what's sort of crackling in the pot? So is that is that even a saying crackling in the pot? Have I made that up? <laughs> Not when I've I just no, made that up. No, <laughs> We'll, we'll get it in in the, in the phrase phrase of the yearbook for the year. Fine. <laughs> fine. Um, do you know it's, it's interesting you talk about that, Luke? About like not talking about those the 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 idiot six or whatever the greedy six. You know, in a way, we we kind of have to. So one of the other strands that I was coming on to is this idea of campaigning, and we have to uh-huh. campaign as fans. Okay. We have to campaign because otherwise our voice will disappear. Um, yeah. And the more we're together, the more we're collective. The more that voice is heard, it's loud. It means something. You know, um, and so campaigning on from the Super League idea, it, it won't go away. It's just been sort of knocked back for a while. So we have to basically push for a full fan-led review of football. And it would see that, seem that that is going to happen, that there will be a fan-led review of football. Where mm-hmm. the affiliate group for Leeds United for the Football Supporters Association, which is the national fo- fo- football supporters you know, body, um, and they will be leading that. So we will be helping our voice to be heard for Leeds fans amongst those decision-making and challenging and getting some genuine sort of changes to happen. Now, I know lots of people would love to push for like, a 50 plus one model like they've got in Germany. Do you know what? I think the chances of that happening, given the prices of English football clubs at any level above maybe League One, will be incredibly tough. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Wouldn't yeah. yeah, I'd love to see it, and I'd love to see that happen at the at the levels where actually ownership could be possible under a fan group. You know, um, and certainly there are clubs where there are representative ownership or part ownership in that way. But it's, you know, the bigger clubs now, the, the, the numbers you're talking are just astronomical. I mean, you know, t- take it back uh, a couple of years. Um, under Chilino, there was the potential opportunity for Leeds Fans United um, to, to use their funds to buy the club at that point. Now, without getting to the complexities of that model and how they do it, that would have been, still been a series of rich fans who'd have lumped in a load of cash and called it a fan yeah. process it wouldn't have yeah. been true fan ownership where you know you me uh you know gilly have got you know shares in it at like real serious levels you know so it, it's tough for that but we do need to keep campaigning or we will and the other big sort of campaigning piece that that we're very much still on with and continue to push and we've championed it for years now is safe standing mm-hmm. excellent you know, it seems to have um, gone quiet i think doesn't it i suppose with with the pandemic and everything that's happened over the last year there hasn't been any any fans in at all, so that's probably where that stems from. But um, but yeah, there was quite a, a lot of noise being there, made though. about that. There is a frustration there that the stadium could have been amended during this time period when yeah. there were no fans there. It's it's so frustrating for me that that there isn't safe standing because we've seen elsewhere that it's possible. Uh, and look, you've you've had Chelsea had to list Spurs is already ready to go. You know, Celtic have been running it for a while. You know, you've got smaller clubs. Shrewsbury have got it. You know, there's there's you know we've campaigned for years on it. Now, one thing I will say is the the club have said yes. Ultimately, they want safe standing as well. Um, 
the challenge is, as we probably all know, the 35,000 isn't going to be big enough at Ellen Road. So they, they've made no secret of the fact they want to develop Ellen Road, they want to grow the stadium, and they want to sort of make amendments in that sense. So as you're saying, Gilly, you know, kind of, yeah, they could have possibly done it while it was short. But A, they've been kind of a little bit shy on cash because of the pandemic. And putting, say, safe standing into the cop, about a million wow. to stick it in the cop. Um, but how many, how many, how many, how, would that, how much would that increase the capacity by? Now, and this is a challenge because there are different models of depending on kind of, you know, without getting the technicality of rail seating and this, that and the other. In most circumstances, it doesn't affect the capacity. It doesn't change the capacity because if you want to play in Europe and let's be fair, we do in the future, there has to be a fold down seat to be able to compete in European competition. Right. Right. I never knew that. So in that sense, we can't just set, put it back to the old terraces in the, yeah. in that sense, but just safer. So it has to be like a terrace bar, but with a fold-out numbered seat, and they do it in that way. So there's lots for them to consider. The club definitely want to do it. We have basically, you know, pretty much their, their say-so that they will do that when they redevelop the stadium. So we continue to push and say, look, we want to be part of that discussion. We want to know what it looks like. We want to help you. You know, we've got volunteers on the board who've done dissertations on safe standing in, in UK stadia. So, you know, we've got people who have the expertise to be able to sort of go, right, if you did this, this is the impact. If you did that, you know, I mean, for a start, when they first looked at it, they'd have probably have turned around and said, well, it probably wants to be the cop. Nowadays, you've got the cop, you've got the south stand, you've got the cheese, cheese wedge. All three <laughs> of those areas would probably, if you asked them, say, we want to stand because they stand so. constantly anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, Agreed. in fact, it's only probably the west stand and the, you know, much of the east where they go, no, we'll keep the seating. Thank you. So there's lots to discuss, and we want to be like all these things. Going back to that memorandum of article of uh, memorandum of understanding, we want to be involved in those consultations so the club get it right for fans. Yeah, fair. That's, and, that, and ultimately, that's what it's about. You know, it's a fan experience, um, and uh, and a, a football is nothing without the fans, as as the old adage goes. Um, other things we've we we, we had a, we touched upon uh, off air, Graham, uh, mm. before we sort of move forward. And I, I know I know Matt's been dying to ask this, so I'm not going to steal his thunder <laughs> um, because it's his favouriteest ever. But um, go for it, Matt. In fact, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> well, I, I had a couple, go so on. I don't know which is. We'd spoken about um, <laughs> uh, the, the the players that had uh, had done so well in getting us back to the Premier League. Uh, and the fact that we've not been able to celebrate the fact that they got us there. Um, you know, they, 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 I know that the players were there at Elland Road when, when we did get promoted and there was that that happened. But, you know, we, we've not been there with them during the journey of the Premier League. And, and you know, the sadness is that it, although there's fans back for the West Brom game, um, it's not going to be a full house and it's not going to be the same experience. And do you know what? Some of those players that have earned the right to be able to be celebrated aren't going to play. Um, so, you know, we, we're looking at potentially Berra and Pablo and, and players like that, that, you know, is, is there something that 
potentially from a fans forum perspective, we can look to potentially get in place that will allow us to do that. You know, it, for me, especially Pablo, I would almost say is you know, for me, he it's was worth noting that... though before you continue that he has still got a year on his contract. Um, he has, but it, we, is... we do think that you know the, the likelihood is that that he'll be able to move on. You know, we, we so we've debated this on on the pod, and it, and it's you know, oh, yeah. will, will he be allowed to move on? Will he be allowed to go back to to, to Spain? We, we think. I mean, maybe you can correct us on this, Graham. We think his family's um, already already moved back to Spain. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those where um, one of the things that we talked about that, and we've seen on Twitter quite a bit is, could we have a friendly uh, and, and uh, you know, have a pre-season friendly? And maybe even the current squad playing against the players that got us there. Select, that sort of select, select 11 or something similar, yeah. Um, yeah um, you know, go on. Yeah, look, do you know what? I 100% agree with you. You know, you'll know full well that, you know, the first of our recent series of murals, because we started a whole raft of them, I'll talk about a couple more maybe in a bit, but the first one was Pablo. Yeah. You know, that iconic celebration after the goal at Swansea where we all knew, you know, we we did a 50-foot Pablo on the side of a pub in, in Leeds. We know how important Pablo is to the fan base. We've consistently pushed to the club and said, don't you dare celebrate the legends who've passed or the legends who may leave without a full crowd. Don't you dare. You know, if you do that in front of five or six, eight thousand, what have you, then basically you're letting everybody down. And they've been comfortable with that. They know full well that that's the right move. And, and therefore, that's why the West Brom game, you know, Reed Angus's sort of, you know, statements about it. It's going to be a plastic experience. It's not going to feel yeah. the same. You're going to have a ton of forms to fill out. I mean, and this sounds a bit like me bitter because I haven't won a ticket. But, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know, it, it is not going to be a proper match experience as we know it and we love it. So coming on to kind of how do we celebrate that? Well, look, I think the fact is, Everybody wants it. Everybody wants to celebrate those players that have, you know, cemented their position as legends for doing what they've done and whatever part they've done in that. Be it Pablo, be it Berra. You know, Berra, bless him, you know, kind of, you know, can occasionally be a hothead, but he's just a wonderful fella. But sometimes it's about, you know, different things as well. So, you know, Berra, he was given a, a, an extended contract so he could rehab and recover, you know, when he was out of contract. That, you know, from a club, that that's a pretty strong move to basically pay somebody yeah. for 12 extra months. You know, Pablo, Pablo is still under contract. Now, ultimately, he's had little sort of moments where he's been able to play uh, in that way and being able to, to support the team. It's just that as he gets to 35, he's maybe not that first man on the team sheet. He's not able to influence things in the same way. And you're right, he's got shares in Castellon um, and his wife and children are back in uh, Spain. But that's for personal reasons. They've not gone back as a precursor to, right, to, okay. to, to Pablo joining, from what I'm aware. And so it's basically a case of, you know, decisions have to be made. You know, he's a contracted player. Um the club would, I think, you know, have no challenge in in letting him go. But there's always contracts and, you know, it's the last contract he's ever going to get paid out on. So there's mm. money factors at play. And we hate to think of people being mercenary. I don't think Pablo's mercenary in, this, in the slightest, but he's got a family to look after. And this is his last sort of payday. So, you know, there's bits and pieces of contract negotiation to happen. 
I would absolutely echo what you're saying, that the, in a perfect world, we would see some kind of pre-season friendly that there's a big show of basically honouring all those legends that basically have passed in the last four years and on honouring legends and the particular sort of four legends uh, that passed in the last 12 months or so. Uh, we are about to start in the next week or two on a memorial mural um, alongside the Luskos guys in Scandinavia uh, over in Pudsey uh, that will be of Norman, Trevor, Jack um, and uh, Peter. So that's about yeah. to happen. So that's going to happen very, very soon. So we're doing, you know, a fan memorial. But in terms of the club, you know, they need to celebrate that and they want to do it. And they want to do it in front of a full house. Hopefully that would be tied up with the same celebration of those players that have served us so well recently, but are now looking at leaving. Whoever that may be, you know, whether it's Alioski at the end of his contract, you know, and he has been offered a new contract. So it's whether he signs or not. It's whether, you know, he also wants that, that, that bumper payday of going on a free transfer, getting a two and a half million pound sign on fee, you know, plus higher wages, all of that rather than signing the contract he's being offered. So there's lots at play in that sense. And I think it's just a case of, you know, every single Leeds fan, I think he's absolutely united on this, that they'd want to make that celebration happen. Um, you know, I think probably we, our view would probably say, we think kind of season ticket holders ought to get first dibs on it. Because if that had been the last game of last season, you know, we'd have all been there to celebrate it. Yeah, that's a fair, fair comment. Very, very difficult to argue against. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. We get we get we get into challenges if we sort of start taking season tickets first, members, members, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had a, a, a question in from Mike for yourself, Graham. Um, with the fact that we've gained thousands of new fans from around the world, is the trust trust involved in the development of reach beyond Yorkshire, which you've already mentioned, Luscos, uh, such as news channel development and Leeds TV and stuff like that. Um, so we, we have members in American Samoa. We have members in New Zealand, India, China, Singapore, uh, the States. So we, we're, we're a global organization already. In terms of growing that, look, the fan base is global. It has been forever and, and it continues to expand and grow. One thing we, we, we have done in the past, so we did, you know, kind of, I mean, you know, uh, take talking shut. So Gary um, was a board member of the trust back in the day. He used to do the trust podcast. But when Gary left, you know, ultimately it was probably time for us. There were lots of other pods starting to happen. And we'll we'll maybe put out sort of specific things at specific times, be those little bits of film stuff or, you know, particular podcasts, as special interest stuff when they need to happen. But there's so many other good people doing great content that we don't need to try and, you know, be another voice in that. We can, you know, thankfully, you know, talk to you guys because you, you, you're you bothered about what the fans are doing and what other fans are doing. So you'll talk to us and help us, you know, spread that word in that sense. So, you know, we can work with you and you can work with us. And, you know, that works in the right way. We've no need to suddenly become a new channel, a new TV in that sense. And we've worked, with, you know, alongside pretty much every single channel um, across the board, um, you know, in helping them and, and them helping us it's a you know a, a symbiotic working together relationship um Perfect. but yeah happy for it to grow all over the world and anybody you know wants to join us we're more than happy no matter where your postcode great stuff that leads us on then too as a member tell us a little bit about the membership um opportunity to sell it to anybody who's listening or going to watch this later 
Um, I've looked into it to myself. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up today. Uh, and I'm not expected to live ten years, so I'm just gonna do the annual one. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. I will live longer than that. I hope do I do live longer than ten years. Bloody hell! <laughs> do you know? Do you know? It's 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 interesting. You know? Yeah. There's as you say there. There's two options. You can either become a yearly member, or you can basically become a lifetime member, which is at the present time effectively a ten year membership. But we, you know, it's a, it's a granted for life. So. Every single person that joins, their voice becomes important. And so things like the Super League, when we were talking about punishment, we immediately went out to our fa- our members and said, right, what do you think? Let us know. We'll pass it on at the club. So we've presented to the club now all of everybody's thoughts and um, prese- as, as like, you know, presentations, etc. So they can see that. And so they get to hear that directly from people. You know, so one voice counts in the same way as everybody else's. In terms of, you know, kind of what do you get for the membership? Well, look, apart from the basics, so when you join up, you become a member for a year or for life and your voice is heard. But you also um, get the very basic things. So you get like a, a welcome pack, which has got uh, a little LUST sort of, you know, metal badge, uh, pin badge. Uh, you get basically a car sticker, um, some other bits and pieces, other stickers, a welcome letter, um, you know, and, and, and things like that. So just some basic bits already. Now, I will say if you're in New Zealand and you join for a tenner, pretty much we blow all of that on getting that stuff to you. All right. <laughs> um, so that's kind of, you know, we're quite happy to have, you know, people all around the world. But, you know, kind of that's partially how it works. So everybody gets that and gets that sent out to them, as, along with a, a personalized membership card that tells you who you are. And that membership card. So when you go, when you join this year, Luke, you'll get a membership card. Next year, you're going to get a different membership card. So you'll get a new membership card sent out to you that's basically a new different design so you can sort of collect the designs over the years because um, we're now we're doing our, our own card. So the likelihood is that might even be inspired by the various murals that we do. Um, so they'll be quite cool little collectibles. Press. Yeah, um, just, just quickly, Graham, when you say that, that your voice becomes heard, is that done through – is it is, – is it... Is it votes? Is it is it is it diplomatic? Is is is, is that exactly pretty much what it is? I don't. I'm not. So yeah. I'm so. Not fully aware. Yeah, so we survey members. Um, we have our annual general meeting. So ultimately, every member is able to come to the annual general meeting. Uh, whenever we basically go to, to sort of people want to be elected to the board, they are entirely elected by the membership. So, you know, kind of um, let's say you became a member, uh, a member today, Luke, um, for the next AGM, you decided you wanted to stand for the board. You could put yourself up for the board. If enough people voted for you, you're on the board. You know, I can't um, see that happening, Graham. But, uh, <laughs> well, hey, I, I love it. I admire your optimism. But, it, but, it, but what I mean by that is it's an entirely democratic sort of process, yeah. Yeah. you know, in that sense. So everybody is involved in that sense. When we're looking at major decisions, ultimately the board is kind of there to help make those decisions get made quickly. But because we've got such a mix on the board, there's a real balance. You know, um, that that means that there's lots of different voices representing different groups of fans, you know, within the membership. And then when it's the big stuff, we go out because ultimately we represent our members. So it doesn't matter what I think as Graham Hyde. It matters what basically the trust thinks, you know. Um, and I think that's that's a big thing is that, you know, my opinion, I can have a laugh and a joke with you on this. But ultimately, you know, kind of it's the trust that matters and it's the fan voice that matters. You know, there's, there's stuff where the, tr- the there's lots of things where, the, you know, the members have spoken. And I'm thinking I really don't agree with that. But. 
that's not my role. My role is to represent the the members and do that. Um, so in terms of that, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, you know, kind of demographic, demographic, democratic. Everybody involved. We go out regularly to members. We write an email out to members. You know, kind of on a very regular basis to keep them informed. When we have meetings with the club, we basically go out pretty much straight away to tell everybody in the, in the membership uh, what we've spoken about. We might then sort of see that come out onto social media later, but members get it first always. Oh, and another thing in terms of membership benefits, we're about to go live with a range of discounts um, that will be available in the city. So in and around things like, you know, places to stay, hotels, um, taxis, uh, places to eat, coffee shops, all sorts of things like that. Um, we've got a bit of a deal coming where there might even be something on a beer. So, oh, really? like beer. We, like beer. we do like yeah. beer. We do like beer. Um, yeah, if you, we just put a little banner across the bottom. If you do want to find out any more information about uh, the Leeds United um, Trust Supports Trust, uh, then you can. I can't bloody speak tonight. You know, uh, yeah, then you speak. can. Uh, can't <laughs> you know, you can tell Graham watches us, can't you? I can be smart, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, lufctrust dot and you can also find them on Twitter, uh, which is at LUFC Trust. Right then, Graham, what we're going to do, how we're going to close up, I think, is I'm going to get a little bit down and personal. So this is your views, not the uh, not the trust. Uh, okay. And what well, I'd like... Take my trust hoodie off. Is that, is that yeah, it? take your trust <laughs> hoodie off. Um, it's just a quick fire, as you know, you probably know, with... Um, with uh, with every guest that we get on, we get them to do a quick fire five questions in five. So, uh, just going to fire some some questions at you. Um, and uh, don't worry, I'm not going to ask for the name of your first pet or your school you grew up in or anything like that. Well, That's do you know usually, the, the yeah. first pet's really easy because it was Arthur <laughs> Graham. It was a goldfish who I called Arthur Graham. So it's dead easy. And it's Leeds related. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> right then, question one: Your favourite player ever? Um, Batty. Good shout, Good man. Good shout. And the best goal you've ever seen live? Um, oh, gosh. Um, do you know what? It's not the best technically, but I have to say Bowyer's against AC Milan in the pouring rain. Meant a lot, didn't it? Meant a lot. Um, the worst player you've ever seen play for Leeds United? Uh, Anthony Elding, no, no trouble. Anthony <laughs> Elding, and no hesitation on that no. one. <laughs> now, um, where do you see Leeds finishing next season? Oh, um, I actually, I actually think slightly higher than this season. I think we might just be able to push for uh, a Euro spot. I wouldn't go as far as Champions League. I think that that that's still a little bit beyond us. Do you think Rodrigo right. Defoe little carriers there? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I've 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 a feeling he'll end up at somewhere like PSG. To be honest, yeah, I do as well. And then, uh, last but not least, um, I've forgotten the <laughs> last question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was something really good. Anyway, well, I'll replace it with um, who other than me and who's your favourite on the pod. <laughs> and Gilly actually other than us two no, that, well that's not fair is it I can't really I won't get you to answer that one that's do you know what um, well it can't be Rex put it that way uh, <laughs> no you're right you can't because the last the last time I saw him he was in Smorthorn Club drinking a re really weird blue pint so it can't be him um, kind of I'd probably sort of say um, if anybody yeah um, 
uh, Cal. Yeah, the, 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 good the, shout. The, we do like the, the Irish. Yeah, the Irish tone. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff. Um, well, I mean, I don't have anything else to ask you, Graham. You've been an absolute pleasure to uh, to have on. Um, and uh, we keep up the great work um, with with LUFC Trust. I will be joining in a moment or two um, when I can find my bloody bank card after this weekend. Um, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know if, any, if anybody else got anything to say rather than me just telling you all to piss off. <laughs> well, we've got something um, a little bit uh, exciting to announce. Um, so we've got a new partnership with Free Retro. Free Retro are the retro football shop. Uh, they were born from the love of the game, from historical nights on a cold terrace, and from the love of vintage shirts. And you can find a referral link from OKB um, in the uh, social media sharing that will uh, in the comments on here, and you'll get a ten percent discount on the full range. Nice, good stuff. Look at that! Hey, we're, we're going places a lot now. <laughs> we'll have. Uh... But um, but yeah, Graham, stay in touch. We'll we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll we will. Through social media, yeah. If there's anything, anything you want us to share uh, through through the socials and that, the uh, the links and whatnot, I'm sure they'll all be inclusive. So, but yeah, as I say, it's been a pleasure. Let's go watch. Uh, let's let's go watch the Scousers smash the scum. Yeah, I'm gonna and, say I don't, uh, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know whether Villa have beaten uh, uh, Everton or what have you, because obviously uh, I'm hoping Everton have kind of won because of or drawn, because then basically uh, nil nil. nil 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 perfect. So we, we're still above Villa. We're still above Villa. Yeah. Same number of games now. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All top half pieces, are we? That's it. All top yeah. half, aren't we? <laughs> Cheers ever so much, Greg. Thanks ever right, so much again. Stuff. See you later, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye See bye. you in a bit. Bye bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Thank you for listening to another Auto Know Better podcast, the Independent League United podcast. You can engage with us via our socials on YouTube and Twitter at the address at Auto Know Better with your thoughts on the show or subjects you'd like us to discuss. You can even join us live and have your say while we're recording on our YouTube channel for the main weekly show and the Berardi & Coke After Match podcasts. We've three years' worth of content you can listen back to, from interviews with former Leeds players and managers to Hollywood stars. Maybe choose carefully which match reviews to check out, though. Remember to subscribe on whichever app you choose to follow us on.